to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, your host, and your guide to help you successfully change and transform your organization. Thank you for tuning in. This one is episode 156, number 156. You know already that the retail industry continues to navigate a complex, fast-moving and uncertain landscape. And if you're a retailer, you know you have so much to consider right now. And in fact, it seems all aspects of retail or even work in general are evolving, meaning it's hard to keep track of key trends and of course, hard to actually change and improve them. And in fact, even just knowing what is actually going to make a difference is becoming an increasingly important skill. So following on from Retail Week Live 2021, the in-person event which seems a real novelty, (laughs) I wanted to reflect on some of the key focus areas, the many key focus areas, in fact, for retail going forward. Show notes for today are at obandco.uk slash 156. That's obandco.uk slash 156. So firstly, in-person events are back. And this was my first big live event, which happened on the 13th and 14th of October 2021. And it was fantastic meeting people in real life, in 3D, whether it's people I haven't seen for a couple of years or some people that I'd only ever met virtually. And of course, always fantastic to meet new people as well, particularly if you are a listener to the show. So thank you for coming up and saying hello if that was you. I had some fantastic conversations and a special shout out if I did catch up with you there. It really meant a huge amount to me. The Retail Week team had done a fantastic job of putting on this, like I say, live in-person event at short notice, relatively speaking, given the effort that normally would go into one of these big events. And there was a fantastic content schedule. There were so many different topics on the agenda, which I think is really reflective of the many different facets that are needed to drive any retail business, but especially a successful retail business right now. So in this episode, I wanted to reflect on some of those key topics and share some of the insight that I gained from the event, as well as share some of my perspectives and how it made me think, hopefully with the aim of making you think too. So the first big topic that I wanted to touch on today was that of collaboration and cooperation, which was also the kickoff for Retail Week Live as well. Co-op CEO Steve Murrells kicked us off diving into this with some really interesting thoughts. During the pandemic, we've seen many examples of collaboration, of course, especially between companies that you might not expect to normally be collaborating either because they're direct competitors and legally not allowed to, 
or completely unrelated companies. But one of the really interesting things that Steve Morales was talking about was the assumption that people want to contribute. And consequently, what is the setting or the culture that you need to put into place to encourage and support people to contribute? Because of course, not everyone feels that they can contribute, even though they may want to. And so some of the key skills here around listening or being inclusive or showing humility are really important, both now and in the future, to encourage this collaboration, to encourage open communication across your organization. And during the event, there were a number of different sessions covering in particular diversity and inclusivity. But interestingly, speaking to a few different attendees, there aren't many new ideas out there. It's all about the culture, the execution, and about doing the obvious things right. But it's not just about internal collaboration, but cooperation outside of the four walls of your company is important as well. And when you are thinking about this, what does this actually mean? What are the expectations from your company? And how are you going to build a strong partnership over time? And there was real reflection within the entire event that this is an increasingly important topic. David Wood, CEO of Wix, perhaps explained this best as he spoke about the fact that we can't take on society's problems alone. We can't leave it to government. We can't leave it to enterprise or the business world, especially any single one business. But instead, we have to partner to collaborate, to cooperate, to be able to change. And it really left me thinking of Einstein's famous quote, where he said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, which I'm sure you've heard before. But the question is, are we doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? So next, I want to move on to a slightly different facet, and that is, of course, going to be around customer focus. And as you'd expect, there were many different sessions focused on the customer. But perhaps Georgina Nelson, CEO and founder of True Rating, phrased it best when she said that shiny tech hasn't delivered the ROI that was expected of it. But instead, the focus remains on people and friendly service in particular. It remains a key part to great feedback from customers. And of course, your in-store colleagues are really key here. So think about how you are recruiting and training, supporting and leading the right sort of people to give that friendly service because, and you know this already, a friendly smile goes a long, long way and really helps people feel welcomed. So do make sure that you are recruiting the right sort of people for your business, for your brand. And importantly, data from True Rating shows that 90% of people still see shopping in store as a fun activity. So we can play off that expectation, which is hugely important and a great opportunity because we can play off that expectation of fun. I'm sure you can reflect on experiences that you've had in stores, shopping, not with your own brand, but with other companies. And you think of those fun experiences and they're just so great. And again, this is nothing new, but it continues to be a key challenge. 
And one of my key reflections here was around customer touchpoints, which in the age of e-commerce are becoming more critical than ever before. And you must think carefully about your customer touchpoints and create a plan for each one. Do you want to remove them, simplify them, automate them, or do you want to accentuate them? And following on from that, I really enjoyed one of the questions that True Rating can help you to understand from your customers. Did your visit make you feel better about your day? Now, I think this is a real acid test of customer experience and much more helpful, actually, than the usual NPS question, especially if asked in the moment, because increasingly retail is competing with leisure time which definitely makes you feel better about your day, right? And we've spoken on the podcast before about the increasing competition for time and money in the retail market. Whether it's different experiences and experience days, or whether it's digital services, things like Netflix or PlayStation Plus that are nibbling away at the classic retail market, or whether it's the likes of D2C, direct-to-consumer, companies continuing to steal the thunder from retailers, whether it be fashion brands or even the likes of Disney. And you need to be asking yourself, how do you make it worthwhile to go out to the store? Now, that question was posed during the event. How do you make it worthwhile to go to the store? And whilst it was meant to be referencing a physical store, it could mean an e-commerce store just as much, in my opinion. Meanwhile, younger generations in particular are being interested and engaged in streaming and the metaverse. Live streaming was described as TV that talks back to you, so you're naturally brought into the conversation and the show. Equally, sessions at the event showed that metaverse is a great way to connect with like-minded people and express ourselves in an ideal way. Take a moment to think and reflect. If you think of yourself as a customer-centric company, then maybe it's time to ask yourself and ask your customers if your experience and your operating model is helping your customers feel better about their day. Next, I wanted to reflect on a particular session with Etil Draw, Senior Researcher in Cognitive Neuroscience at UCL. And he spoke about how technology is changing our brains and presented two core problems with the world as it is today. Number one, technology is making us more stupid. And you may frown or raise your eyebrows at that one, right? But think about our reliance on spell check nowadays. Think about our ability to recall phone numbers or our ability to take a good photo first time without taking several on our smartphones and deciding which one is best. So problem one, technology is making us more stupid. And problem two is the fact that people are not rational, but they are systematically consistent and predictable. And that's really interesting, particularly when we think about those data points that say, oh yes, I would pay more for a sustainable product. And then we go out and we don't pay more for a sustainable product. Ultimately, the point here is that our heads are being exposed to so much information. We are overwhelmed and overloaded. And actually, there is so much, we're getting a bit blasé. So what happens? 
we begin to ignore the information that is coming into us through our five senses. And instead, we rely increasingly on our own personal experiences and our expectations count for a lot more than the actual data or the scenario that is present in front of us. And so these two core problems in itself are challenging in our current world, right? But if we understand them and we take them on in consideration and we design appropriately for them, can offer great opportunities for us. So I think that was a really interesting session. And by now, I'm sure you're getting a feel for the many different facets involved in the changing world of retail. And hopefully these topics are not completely foreign to you, right? But the specifics are continually changing, continually evolving. And if you'd like to keep track of the changing world of retail, then you should sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing, my weekly email newsletter, absolutely free, that dives into the key headlines from the world of retail transformation. New innovations, new trials, new rollouts, new insight, and new ideas. Sign up for free on the show notes today, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 156. Or reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Oliver Banks, of course. You can find me hopefully quite easily. Let me know you listened to the episode and that you wanted to get hold of the Retail Transformation Briefing. Let's get back to the reflections about the event. Next, there was a key focus on resilience. Now, of course, there have been many, many different supply chain in particular issues over the past year including, of course, those that are happening right now in the build-up to Christmas or peak. And it was described that we need to shift from lean supply chains to resilient supply chains, which I'm personally not 100% convinced on, because I think we need lean and resilient supply chains, actually. I think it's worthwhile asking, what does resilience mean for you and for your business? You know, just-in-time supply chains or lean supply chains have been so useful to support the global scaling of business, as well as cost management and cost reduction. But of course, consumers don't really have a desire to pay extra for supply chains to be a just-in-case supply chain. So I personally think just-in-time isn't going anywhere. We still need lean supply chains. but Recent activities show that we also need to layer in a level of resilience and backup planning. So then, from an operating model perspective, what would this mean? And actually, I think we need to begin to move an operating model into more of a plug-and-play style business. Think about how you would be able to swap out or upgrade or replace or supplement or scale or duplicate any particular part of your operating model. A bit like a giant Lego model, right? Where you could take a brick off, replace it with a different brick. And you need to think about how you can change your operating model quickly from a system perspective, from an infrastructure perspective, or a people perspective, or a process perspective. Because if you have this sort of plug and play operating model, that allows you to build in the lean aspects as well as the resilience aspects. 
and, as needed, change and adapt. Because technology is evolving at such a fast pace, you don't want to find yourself anchored to 2021 technology and then suddenly, in a few months' time, right, find that that is now old school and old-fashioned and that actually you need to once again upgrade your technology. So think about how your operating model can become a plug-and-play operating model. I was also reflecting on the standardization of ultra-fast deliveries. You know, just a few months ago, when the 10-minute grocery delivery first came to market, it seemed so amazing, so unbelievable, and so remarkable. And yet now, just a short while later, I think it's really interesting how we, the retail industry, and in turn, consumers, quickly adopt to this new fulfillment speed. And it makes me think, are we going to think of ultra-fast as standard? You know, we can all reflect on how quickly Amazon shifted the needle in terms of expectation. And I think that shifting of the needle is only accelerating further. And when it comes to ultra-fast deliveries, I can't help but think of the Seth Godin quote at the moment that says, the problem with the race to the bottom is that you might win. Continuing on, innovation is, of course, an important facet for retailers to keep ahead. And the discovery area of Retail Week Live was really interesting. Some great startups there with different ideas from negotiating chatbots to better waste solutions. And the winners of the discovery pitch competition were virtual retail, which was a very interesting concept, especially after last week's episode of the podcast, ironically, where I was discussing and exploring the reinvention of digital shopping. And whilst this use case wasn't exactly aligned to it, it wouldn't take a huge amount of imagination to see how this virtual retail solution could play into the ideas that we were discussing in that episode. And if you've not listened to that episode, do go and check out episode 155. And of course, sustainability was big on the agenda as well. Steve Murrells from the co-op was again talking about this and stated that the sooner we work out what's required, the sooner we can save the planet. And this is really hinting at the vagueness of sustainability. I think we recognise it collectively as an important attribute, but we don't really understand it yet, in my opinion. I'd love to hear what you think. Do you understand sustainability and what it really means to be sustainable? Because there are so many different aspects, whether it's creating new business models for rental or resale or repair, or whether it's looking at life cycle from new sustainable materials through to end of life recycling, and many different aspects as well. And of course, this is just the environmental sustainability side of things as well, right? But it was interesting in a conversation with someone, and I apologize if this was you, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked me, are we doing enough as an industry when it comes to sustainability? It was a great question, which made me think. One part of me said, think of the speed of change that is happening with sustainability. Think how quickly this has really come onto the agenda. You know, even just a few short years ago, 
sustainability was not really a topic for the boardroom. You certainly wouldn't be making decisions that had negative financial implications, but positive sustainability implications, which is one of the situations we find ourselves in today. And I think given how quickly it has come onto the agenda, it should give us hope about how quickly we can then start to focus on it, because we've got it into our minds as a sort of a a metric, as a, a priority. But then back to that question, are we doing enough? The flip side really makes me challenge ourselves and think, are we seeing rapid and deep enough change? Is it meaningful enough? Or are we tending to sugarcoat this to make ourselves feel like we're doing enough? And the fact that there is still a lot of vagueness to this subject really is important here. And again, another one of the ideas that was shared was that of the daily COVID stats. Think about how much attention having those daily metrics put in front of us as a nation brought about. And if sustainability is important to us, why do we not have a daily measure on how we're doing? If we're really honest about wanting to be sustainable, what's stopping us painting that picture on a daily basis? What's stopping us really drive the attention to that particular agenda? So what do you think? Are we doing enough as an industry? Are you doing enough in your organisation? Are you doing enough personally? Now, there were loads of other topics, of course, at the event, whether it be the importance of purpose and how that can drive you and your wider team forwards, or the increase in the test and learn mentality and our increasing acceptance with experimentation and getting over the fear of failure. Or, of course, the focus on data and the fact that many retailers are pointing to their successes driven by data. But, as you'd expect, any given retailer remains vague about what they're specifically doing. And that makes me think that data is becoming increasingly a competitive advantage that you must focus on, be it around customer data, product data, business data, supply chain data, or the integration and the processing of that data. How are you turning your organization into a leading data company? And then my final takeaway or reflection from the event was inspired by Lindsay Hazelhurst, Chief Supply Chain Officer at Curry's. And Lindsay said that the successful retailers of the future are most likely to be those that are able to successfully execute, to make the most of their resources, whether that's their people or their tech or their data. And really this linkage between successful retail and successful execution or successful change is really driving at my mission. As a consultant, by defining and delivering transformation programs for complex changes. Or as a coach, by assessing and building the capability of those responsible for delivering transformation, especially if the very process of transformation is not that particular individual's primary focus. And it's also driving at my mission as a content producer as well, helping you ask questions of yourself and provoking new thoughts. Well, hopefully at least. (laughs) So I'd love to ask, are you set up to execute 
successfully. And if not, let's talk. You know, reach out to me, email me, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or reach out on LinkedIn. So those were some of my reflections from the event. If you were there, I'd love to hear your reflections from the event as well. And I wanted to quickly touch on three additional episodes of the podcast that I thought you might enjoy. Firstly, episode 155, the previous episode, which was all about reinventing digital shopping. Also, check out the one before that, episode 154, which was about avoiding frontline burnout with Liam O'Meara of Axonify. And this is an increasingly important conversation, especially considering the many different facets that are on the table that need to be built into the future business. And then finally, if you are feeling a little confused about all of these different facets, then check out episode 132, number 132, which is all about overcoming the confusion of transformation. And if you can't remember those, then the place to head, of course, is the show notes from today, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 156. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found it useful. And like I say, do reach out to share your thoughts, to share your reflections, or to discuss how you can set yourself up to execute and change and transform successfully. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to joining you in another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now.